here it is, episode 53, The Point of Pittsburgh, the podcast, uh, live from my basement. This is Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve DiMaselli. Steve, uh, in the culinary world, where'd you eat last week? I didn't really eat anywhere good last week, I'm not going to lie. I think it was pretty... Uh... Pretty light week, but we did go grab drinks last Thursday at, at Trace Brewing in Bloomfield, which is a very, very fun, nice spot. The only thing is, is I always, every time I go there, I feel like there's somebody that's got some kind of event going on that night, you know? So it's like, you know, like a regular Thursday night at that place, I would think, you know, is it's going to be pretty tame, but nope, you know, there was a, a line halfway across the brewery to get my first beer. So, um, but they have solid stuff. I, I like it a lot. I've, I've always been impressed and I've always had a fun time over there. I had a, uh, work luncheon today and it was okay. catered. It was at a client and it was catered by Bridgeside Deli in Swickley. And I've actually been to the deli, um, but man, they're catering. Whew, really good stuff. I had some arancini. Uh, okay. And I greatly enjoyed that. And they had pretty good meatballs, too. Um, among other things, they had some chicken dishes, like a piccata type of dish. It was really good. So, shout so, out to so the deli. Necessarily- so they don't necessarily cater with deli. They make all kinds of fun Italian treats. Is that what you're yes. saying to me? Yes. They have a catering okay. catering menu, but the actual deli itself is very good too. Have you ever made arancini yourself? No. Or arancini? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm very... It's They're not... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say I'm very tempted to. They're not difficult to make. If you've got leftover risotto, mm-hmm. and I that's basically what we do is if I make risotto and I've just got too much leftover, we'll just, you know you know, stuff some of them full of some mozzarella and, you know, bread them in some panko and, 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 you know, throw them in the old fryer. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, they're not difficult to make. It's just a matter of, I mean, you know, the, the making the risotto itself is the hardest part, but, um, yeah, I, um, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. So. Well, Hey, uh, we actually got some like legitimate stuff to talk about. Um, that is mildly interesting, which is a, a big upgrade from this rest of the offseason so far. So the Pirates, uh, at the tail end of the episode, I said, do you think by the time we record next week that the Pirates will have signed a legitimate starter? And we switched roles. You were the negative Nancy and I was Professor Positive. And I said they would. Mm-hmm. A- and they did. They signed Martin Perez, who is an honest-to-God uh, middle rotation esque pitcher, um, lefty, one year, eight million. He, mm, I'd say he's probably a high four at this point in his career. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm giving, I'm going to give the pitching staff some credit. They sort of, I think, are using the same model that they've used with some other pitchers in recent years where they've taken guys that are a little bit down on their luck or got shunted off to the bullpen and given them a chance to uh, cook a little bit. And I think this is actually a very good pickup. Yeah, I do too. And I would go as far as saying that Martin Perez is a 3.9, you know, so if we're going to, if we're going to say he's a a good four, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's, 
He's he's somewhere in between a three and a four. He's definitely closer to being a four. Yeah. But he is somewhere in between being a three and a four. So, um, I yeah, I, I like the signing. I mean, you know, he's uh, you know, he's his normal year is easy for production, but he had that spike year two years ago where he was just like lights out. Um, you know, and, and that kind of, that gives you a little bit of hope. Like, you know, the, the Pirates have done a good job of resurrecting pitchers over the years. Um, you know, I, and, and he's, he, he seems like he has the tools to be one of those guys. I, so the slow start to the offseason, back to the, the, the end of last episode, the slow start to this offseason kind of threw me for a loop a little bit in the sense that I, I still thought that we were going to be a little ways away from dumpster diving. But the reality of it is, is, you know, it doesn't change the fact that, you know, pitchers and catchers report in, you know, two months. You know, so, you know, whether whether it got started late or not, it's still going to end at the same exact time, or, or I should say the offseason is still going to end at the same exact time. So there's probably some free agents out there that are really starting to feel the pressure mm-hmm. of, you know, the market and just, you know, they're, they're starting to feel that that sort of deadline creeping up. You know, so uh, I was expecting, I, I, I would have expected him to get uh, something in line with Lance Lynn, in terms of a contract, and I believe, or I, I think Lance Lynn was one year twelve, um, you know. So I, I would have thought he would get in that range. So I think one year for eight with him is an absolute steal. Yeah, I mean, if if Jack Flaherty, who you know, I wouldn't have minded if he came to the Pirates, but if he's getting one for thirteen, and you're basically banking on him coming mm-hmm. back to his his form of three and a half to four WAR a year. Than getting Perez for eight, and also banking on the 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 wish, hoping that he can get back to a three and a half, four year, four war year is um, a good bit of business, and hopefully they can you know keep on shopping. Yeah, and and Flaherty's Flaherty's even further removed from those four year, four war seasons. You know, yeah. I mean, we're going back what 2018, 2019 when he had the last one of those. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think this is a considerably better signing than that one was. So, so the the rumors are out there now. It's been found out today that that rumor was planted by planted by a fake Jason Mackey account. But it's no surprise that the White Sox are most likely shopping Dylan Cease. Um, so there was a lot of chatter on Pirates Twitter about a Dylan Cease match potentially for the Pirates. And you and I talked about this about a month ago, I'd say. And at the time I said, yeah, I couldn't give up Termar Johnson for him. I was trying to base it around you know, our, our pitching stock and you correctly told me that that was most likely uh, not going to happen. So I tossed out a Johnson, uh, Jared Jones combo for cease. Um, if that was on the table, would you do that deal? If you were the pirates for two years of Dylan cease? Um, 
I think it might be a slight overpay. I don't think they need to go with two guys in the top five prospects to get him. I, at least they shouldn't, especially if Johnson's one of them. I mean, if it's two of the pitchers, then yeah, I could see that being an issue. But um, I, I think it's a bit of an overpay. I, I think you can do Termar and you know maybe one of the um, one of the one of the back you know somebody that's. Uh, that's kind of fringy, you know what I mean, right now. So, like, one of the guys that's, like, you know, maybe one of the, the guys that's in the mix for second base, maybe one of the guys that's in the mix for the rotation. Um, I mean, the White Sox, you know, while they are not, you know, what works me, while they while they do have a new sheriff in town, uh, sheriffs in town, you know, I mean, I believe they got a new president and a new uh, GM. Mm-hmm. And, and if they're going to actually go through a rebuild, you know, now is the time to do it. Uh, They've been reluctant to do full sale rebuilds in the past. So that's why I think they would probably lean towards getting some major league ready pieces in the deal. And I mean, Jones is definitely, you know, major league ready. But I mean, I, I think they probably would like to get some folks that have already, you know, played in the majors. Like, I, I think I feel like Jared Triolo is a, a really would be a solid piece to potentially include in a fantasy trade with the White Sox. Um, you know, I, I think maybe, um, you know, maybe maybe Ortiz or Contreras, maybe that's the kind of guy that they would would grab in, in the hopes that, that they might be able to get them to rebound because those guys still have some value. Um, you know, and I'll still stand by the fact that I, I think that Ortiz's Floor is still as a late inning relief pitcher. It's just a matter of, you know, coming around on the fact that he's he's not necessarily a starter anymore. And I, I'm not going to rule out him him out as a starter, but I'm not going to, I, I'm not as comfortable with him in the rotation, you know, in the short term as I used to be. But I, I think those are the kind of players that the White Sox would have been historically drawn to, or an established bullpen arm, you know. So. Um, so no, I, I I don't know. I I I don't think you lose two of the top five. Um, I, I I think you can spread it out a little better by extending the you know give them more players, but you know you know you don't have to give them the 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 primo cuts, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna have to give. There's gonna be if you want to make a Dylan Cease trade work, or if you want to make a trade work for you know Jesus Lazardo, uh, which is another guy that has been talked about. Um, you know, it's going to hurt. Yeah. There's going to be some hurt there. Yeah, they, these teams have to have a reason to to move these guys. You know, they're they're not just looking for some sort of sampler platter uh, of busted up prospects. You know, they they got to have something to hang their hat on to to sell to the the masses back home. So, um, all right, that's probably a good segue into. What we want to talk about was uh, who's left on the free agent and trade boards. Um, now, there's definitely some guys who are big names that are out there on the free agent board. Uh, your Blake Snells, your Yamamoto's of the world. Um, those are, to be polite, uh, not in the same aisle that the Pirates are shopping in. So, no. Who are some? Uh, who are some couple free agents that you like? And I'll, you know, I could talk about a couple as well. Okay, so I know I've talked a little bit about Yariel Rodriguez in the past. Um, I like him in terms of 
the fact that he is an international player and generally speaking international players on their first contract you can get him a little bit cheaper than you normally would on the free uh, on the market i am I'm, I'm quite surprised that he's still out there at this point i thought yeah, i would have thought he'd have signed by now um and i'm wondering if as the um you know, as the market has been quiet on him, if his demands are going to decrease in terms of both years and in terms of, you know, the dollar amount, which would put him more in line with what the Pirates are going to be willing to spend. Um, you know, I, I think at this point, if if they can get him for two and ten, it's almost two, two million or, or two years at ten million a, a season. Uh, so two years, 20 million. I think it's like almost a no brainer. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm coming around after looking at Martin Perez, I've, I looked at James Paxton mm -hmm. and I'm really, really kind of liking what I'm seeing from him. Or, I mean, I know he's been hurt, but man, he's, he's a good pitcher. I mean, like he was, um, he was kind of left on an Island in the Pacific Northwest before I lived there, you know, <laughs> uh, but he's a good pitcher, man. He he really is. And I mean, if he can stay healthy, I mean, he's got he's a legit three. At, at, you know, with with a little bit more upside, maybe even beyond that. Um, and I still do think he's going to be pretty cheap. I would I, I would think he's going to end up signing for around ten million, which I don't see any reason why the Pirates couldn't do. You know. So um, what about you? What who 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 still sort of has your eye? and the free agent market. Well, I, I've always liked Lucas Giolito. I think he's a classic. I can fix him for the Pirates. Um, he's another guy that, as the as the days go on, I don't see him signing for more than three years at this point. Um, and to be yeah. kind of frank, if he gets three years, that's probably a good piece of business for him at this point. So, you know, when you're talking about those two-year type of deals... Um, you know, somewhere around two for twelve million a year, so two twenty for twenty four. Uh, that's a guy that I think could come in, get a little refreshed by a, a new pitching coach and pitching staff, and I think the ballpark would treat him pretty well. Um, and then continuing the the lefty kick that the Pirates are on right now, uh, Sean Manea. Is, is a very intriguing guy. Uh, he opted out of his deal with the Giants and is, is now on the market. Um, high strikeout rate. Uh, gets great extension. You know, on his stat cast, he's got a 96% for extension. Um, his hard hit rate is, is excellent. So, you know, he, he throws a sweeper 10% of the time, so you could basically double that. When he comes to the Pirates, um, he's he's a very intriguing guy for me. Uh, how would you feel? And I was I meant to research this, but didn't have a chance to. Apologies. How would you feel about having three lefties in the rotation? And when was the last time that you could remember the Pirates having three lefties in a rotation? So I would be very interested in that. Yeah. And I absolutely cannot remember the last time they had three lefties in the rotation. I mean, Zach Duke, Paul Mahomes, 
No, right, 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 right. So yeah, I forgot about Paul Mahalam. That was the one that that yeah. I, I don't know. So yeah, you're right. And then at, at, in that time period, that probably all um, Oliver Perez, right? Same same rotation. Gorzolani was the one that I was thinking of. Oh, jeez. But yeah, I, holy I cow! Think they... Probably some all. I think yeah. So they they actually probably like bookended it with you know Duke and. Duke and Mahalm in the rotation with, you know, with Perez at the beginning and then Gorzolani at the end. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm on the 2005 Pirates, and let me see here. Hmm. Not a great success. No, so not not a great team, but they definitely had Perez, Duke Mahalm, and like you said, Gorzolani came in at the end. So yeah, at one did point those, did they have all? They didn't. They never had all four of them in the rotation at once, though, right? Uh, in the rotation, well, yeah, tough to say uh, because Gorzolani got one start that year. Okay, looks like that was a year that Mahomes got hurt. He only had six starts. Okay, um, but yeah, Perez and Duke. And David Williams, David Williams, having a tough time, having a tough time remembering that one, I'll be honest with you. Um, But yeah, he was a lefty as well. Hmm. So yeah, we could be going back. uh, Lefty heavy. So they they really went with park factor that season. We could be going back to those halcyon days of 2005, you know, when the Pirates uh, came in at... 67 and 95. So, yeah. Um, I'd like to think they'll do better than that this year. I, 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 what about the ghost of Zach Greinke? Oh, do you man. have any interest in him? I would sign him just to do post-game interviews. Oh, yeah? Okay. Just basically have... Like, I would just set up a documentary uh, series just following him. Whether he even knows it or not, I, I truly don't care. Um, I think he is fascinating. I think he's hilarious. Uh, he is the greatest deadpan comedian this side of Nathan Fielder. So, huh. How about that, I think with as a with, pitcher, he's absolutely as a pitcher, he's absolutely cooked. He's still not. I mean, he's cooked in terms of like his past ability, but he's still functional at this point. I, I think he's redundant at this point with with Perez and Gonzalez in the rotation. Like, I don't think they need to add another, like, back-end guy. But if, if they went with him instead of Perez, like, yeah. I would have been perfectly cool with that. Doesn't he sort of seem at this point like he's Kansas... I don't want to say Kansas City or bust, but it's kind of like that's their version I of Andrew McCutcheon at this point? And I don't... I mean, I don't know where Kansas City's going to put him. Unless they're going to consider moving him to the bullpen, and I can't imagine that he's he's going to do that. I know he wants to play. I have seen that he wants to play. But I don't think that there's a fit for him in Kansas City anymore. I think they signed too many pitchers already. Because he's still going to make probably one year eight. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's going to probably get a similar contract to Martin Perez. Like, you know, I, I don't understand where the Royals would, you know, that they have to have spent everything that they're going to spend this off season. I, I can't imagine where else it's going to come from. You know, yeah, you can only, yeah. ta- you can only tax brisket so much. That's right. Uh, my man's 40. So yeah. 
that's um it's kind of old sure is not rich hill yeah. old though not rich hill old yeah he's still point point nine hills so what about on the free uh the trade market anything besides Dylan so, cease uh tickle your fancy the real Mackie at, at some point in the last like 24 hours from when we're recording this, he basically came out and said, you know, the pirates are open to, to trading and they're, they're really, they're, they're definitely going to sign another pitcher. They're going to find another pitcher, but the multi-year guys, they're not as interested in, you know? Um, but I, I don't think he really ruled it out though, either. Um, I mean, I think, you know, we, I think we touched on this last week. I think the guy that I'd like the most is Jesus Lazardo. Um, you know, first year of arbitration this year. I don't think, I mean, he's, he's really just establishing himself this year and last. So I, I think that's going to help cost control him a little bit through arbitration. I also think that it's going to suppress his trade value maybe a little bit. Like, I almost feel like because of, of the Dylan Cease name, you're going to spend almost as much, or I mean, you're going to spend about as much for two years of him as you would for Jesus Lazardo. I just think Lazardo's just going to be a better use of a team's resources, mm-hmm. in my humble opinion. Um, because I think Cease is a better pitcher, but I, I do, you know, I do value that extra year of control. So uh, I agree with you. Um, it's also worth noting that Cease is represented by Scott Boris. Boris does not typically do pre-free agency extensions of any sort. Um, and then once a pitcher gets, once a player gets to free agency, that's a Boris client. Most likely, the Pirates are are out. Lizardo does not have that same attachment, sure. so there's definitely something to be said for that. Um, the Astros sure seem like. They're going to trade for Amber Valdez. Yeah, he's another interesting name that's out there. Um, I, I'm wondering if, uh, if if the Pirates can somehow get Musgrove, Colin Moran, and uh, I can't even remember the name of the relief pitcher. I'm wondering if they would flip him for uh, for those guys. The, the, basically, the return of the uh, the return of the, the, the Garrett Cole trade. I'm wondering if we can sort of pay that mm-hmm. back to them since they got, um, since they got Cole ultimately on the cheap, it feels like, you know, so maybe they owe us a little bit of a favor, you know, that's, that's the way, that's the way I see it. I mean, I, I would imagine that's the way they, that everyone would see it. Right. Yeah. I think that's pretty, pretty fair. Um, for both parties. How many years of control? Do you know but, off the top of your head, how many years Framber control? Or how many, how many years of control Framberg so, still has? I think he has two years. Two years. Yeah, he's right. a um, yeah, it is. He's a he's a super two. Okay, okay. So he is he's scheduled or not scheduled. He's uh, forecasted to make twelve and a half this year. Okay. In in uh, Arb three, so then you would be be potentially looking at probably about a fifteen sixteen. Uh, next year so you know okay. that's cheap but it's not pirates cheap right right so there's there's definitely a cost associated with that um okay so he is um i'm, I'm just okay. i was just i'm just sort of curious 
if they're just trying to avoid luxury tax or what what's the motivation for that from them yeah i don't you know I, that that's what i've been trying to figure out i don't out. know their finances well enough i mean it could be that you just you can't keep everybody you know and sometimes it just still makes sense to sort of you know move guys while they are still you know controllable you know um I mean, he's got some value. I mean, I think he's got less trade value than Cease. I, I think the return, because of the salary and how much higher it's going to be, because Cease, I think, is projected to be about $3 million less this year, which means he'll probably be about $4 million less next year. So, um, but Valdez, is he's good, man. Like, he's yeah. a hell of a pitcher. Like, I, I would, like, you know, I would love, 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 love to have him in the Pirates uniform for two years. Um, you know, and, and again, it's a cheaper price. Like, if the Pirates are serious about adding a big-name pitcher with multiple years of control, I actually hope it's him more so than Cease, personally. And he's a lefty. He's a lefty. So, so put him in the stable. Go. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the Astros right now, and they're projected at 240 million. Once you include all this, all the uh, you know ancillary expenses and stuff, and that would put them three million over the tax limit. So yeah. it's possible that they're just wanting to avoid that. Uh, they they have a couple not great contracts on the books, yeah. um, so maybe they feel this is the most Movable one in the way that they can get under the, the threshold. Might kill two birds in the sense that it gets them under the threshold, and it's an, you know, and it's a guy that they can get something for, you know, that they can sort of build yeah. around into the future. You know, I mean, I'm sure they would love to get one of the Pirates, you know, three pitchers, you know, as a potential replacement for him down the road. I'm not saying that. Any of you know, you know, I'm not saying that Bubba Chandler is going to be as good as Franber Valdez, but I do, you know, I mean, there's some upside there. I mean, you know, same with Solometo, same with Jones. I mean, you know, there's there's upside. There's a lot of work that still needs to be done, but at the same time, you know, it, it's it's a possibility. You know, at least the guy in the rotation. So I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean. It, they're cheaper and they're they've got more control. Like I, I don't see what's not to like about the potential uh, for them. And, and I'm not just saying like with the Pirates. I'm saying with any club. I'm sure they'd love to go get a good you know prospect pitcher. So um, there's a couple other names that just want to kind of get your uh, opinions on uh, the Pittsburgh West. Cleveland Guardians uh, are looking to shave some payroll, and they are uh, apparently shopping Shane Bieber. Yeah, I would do it. I mean, he's oh god, yeah, he's probably a um, he's 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 one part salary dump, one part you know asset recovery for the the Indians or excuse me the Guardians. Oops, that was a major slip. I'm sorry to everyone. Um, but anyway, uh, he is, um, he's a, he's a solid, he's a solid pitcher. I, I, he, I, I'm not sure what he's projected at in arbitration this year. So he might be a little rich for the pirates blood. Third. Was that? 
13, 13, and this is it, just one year. 13, so. yeah, 13 is probably about the top I, that I can see the Pirates going this season. Like, I don't think they're going to mm-hmm. spend, I think that's pretty much the rest of the payroll. I don't see them going above 83. Um, so, I, I mean, yeah, maybe uh, maybe that's a possibility. Um, you know, uh, Corbin Burns is another guy uh, that I can mm-hmm. see the Pirates going after. Um you know, I, I, I mean, I guess he's uh, he's probably in the same neck of the woods in terms of figures, though, as far as arbitration goes, correct? Probably in the 12, 13 range? I think he's slightly he's higher. He's actually slightly though. higher than Bieber. Okay, then he's yeah. probably out. Give me, give me just a second. Okay. Well, would you, would you envision a scenario where the Brewers would trade in division... And also, flip side of the Pirates would give probably some legitimate sure. prospects to their arch rival. Uh, Corbin Burns is projected for sixteen million 16. in his last oh, year. Yeah. I don't think unless the um, unless the Brewers are going to eat some of that in order to like get a better prospect. I don't see the Pirates doing that necessarily. Um, but that being said, uh, yeah, I could see them doing an individual trade. I mean, I don't, I, you know. Uh, I think that the I think the Pirates probably have more to dread there, you know, in the sense that they trade one of their guys yeah. and they, they haunt them for the next seven but, years. But um, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, I, I mean, I would though. I mean, if it's a baseball move that makes sense, you know, you're still, you still you could still easily get a guy that's going to haunt Milwaukee for a year, and then and then the, the the prospect doesn't pan out though either, you know, so. Um, yeah, I, I mean, right. I don't think there's anything, I don't think there's anything crazy about it. Um, I, I think that it, I, I, I would be fine with it. I, I, I mean, you're, it's not like you're going to be giving up Termar for him. You know, you might give up one right. of the pitchers. I mean, even then it might be a little bit of a reach. Um, yeah, although you might have to, to get them to eat some salary as well too, but, um, I mean, I, I think you're probably looking at the back half of the top, you know, maybe a prospect in the back half of the top 10 and maybe two more in the top 30. That's probably what I would guess the Corbin Burns return is going to be. Um, it's not going to be anything insane. Um, so, I, I mean, if they can avoid if they can avoid trading a top prospect, then I would be I would be perfectly fine with the Corbin Burns thing. And, and again, if they can get them to eat salary, I'd even be fine with trading them one of the pitchers, I guess. I mean, if we're shopping in the Brewers store uh, for a starter, I, I'd be pretty intrigued by Freddie Peralta. Sure, sure. And then you know, controllable. I, yep. And then I think the, he's extended too. He's got a pretty yeah. team friendly contract, if I recall correctly. Yeah, he's he's locked in this year at five point seven, and okay. then he has he has two options for twenty five oh, and twenty six. Okay. okay. Um, I, I think the ultimate prize though would be Devin Williams. You know, mm-hmm. two years of control there, and that's that. You know, we've talked a little bit about it, especially at the tail end of the regular season. That if they had just one more absolute hammer in the back of the bullpen, uh, you know, I think a a Bednar, Williams, Holderman, Troika would be mm-hmm. very very saucy. But I don't think they're going to address the bullpen though at this point. 
I've heard almost nil as far as bullpen rumors go with the Pirates so far this offseason. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, I think it, it, it's mostly because all the, the spotlight's been on the starting rotation in light of the Oviedo injury. So, you know, maybe if they do get a, th- a third starter uh, in, in the next couple of weeks, maybe they'll start tinkering around the edges, uh, looking at some bullpen help or maybe a bat. Sure. Sure. Yeah, especially if they can go a little cheap on the uh, the next starting pitcher, if they can save a little bit of money, you know. So, um, you know, hey, I know that uh, Dylan Cease is only projected to make 8.8 this next year. So, yep. bring him in. That's pirate perfect. That is pirate perfect. And and they can still afford to, 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 to nab a mediocre relief pitcher, too. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I, was just, I was just saying the... Uh... The last few moments we have, uh, just want to talk right down to earth in a language that everyone here can easily understand. The Pirates made it official, and they brought back Andrew McCutcheon. Now, last week we sort of ended the show, and I said, you'll know what his role is going to be based on his salary. I said if it's $5 million or more, they expect him to be a contributor. If it's less than $5 million, he's going to be a vibe coordinator. Um and they, of course, put it right at $5 million. Mm-hmm. So why don't you wax a little philosophic on what you think his role is, is going to be? I think he's going to do the same thing that he did last year. So um, mostly a DH, maybe a couple of uh, cameos in right field. But I do think he's, uh, he's 100% uh, the DH. You know, as long as he's healthy, you know... Um, it, if you one of the numbers that I found interesting was if you look at the walk percentage for anybody that's had 400 plate appearances last season, he's he was fourth in baseball in walk percentage. Like, wow. um, he's still he's still a good on base dude. I'd love to see them, you know, I'd love to actually see him supplant Key Brian Hayes at the top of the order. Um, you know, I, I think that that's probably the right move. Uh, but you know, that being said, you know, I'm glad he's back. I, I think it's great. I think he can help the team be better. I think the team is better for him, uh, to be on it. And, and I think he just seems to be better here than he was elsewhere. So, um, kudos yes. to him. I, I, I think it's a great deal all around. Um, you know, it's, it's obviously not as exciting as last time it happened, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's still, it's still good to know that, you know, the pirates don't always keep their word, but they said they were going to do this, and then they ended up doing it. And I think that that's I think that's definitely a positive, you know, for the fans, for me at least. You know, I, I think that they it, it it establishes a little bit of trust, which I'm sure that they'll do something to break in the very near future. Uh, even more important, McCutcheon announced his move with a very epic uh, Twitter meme of the Wolf of Wall Street. It's the one where Leonardo DiCaprio, it looks like he's getting ready to resign, and then basically says, I'm not going anywhere! (laughs) And then everyone freaks out and rejoices, and McCutcheon puts some labels on different people, on himself and on the audience, and I thought it was really good. He's always been good at uh, social media, especially Twitter, um, I just like him. 
He's yeah. It's it's absolutely no secret. He's my favorite pirate of my uh, lifetime, you know. Um, yeah. And I'm just glad to see him do one more run. Jody um, Jody said to me, she was like, "Did you see that your friend resigned yesterday?" <laughs> um, and I was like, I said to myself, I was like, I wish he was my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd have been fun. It's just fun to be Andrew McCutcheon's friend. So if you're yes. listening, Andrew, let's have we're it here. We're available, yeah. Well, uh, Steve, this is our last episode before Christmas, so I just want to wish you and Jody a uh, Merry Christmas, and I will catch up with you and our listeners uh, next week sometime. All right, yeah. Merry Christmas to you as well, and uh, I will see you soon. Okay, thanks. Bye.